our job as marketers and innovators and storytellers and whatever you consider yourself to treat everything around you like it's black and white television. It's our job to create color TV. Welcome to another episode of Picking Brains, and this is going to be a very good one. Um, what I tried to do on this show is pick the brains of influential and inspiring people, and today I have a very, very special guest, and that guest is Quentin Allums, uh, also better known as Jess Q. I've naturally met you through LinkedIn, as you're one of the biggest LinkedIn influencers out there, where you know your content has been viewed over 10 million times. Not only that, you're you know you're the CEO of Urban Misfit Ventures, which focuses on video storytelling, events, stuff like that. And if that's not enough, you're also a TEDx speaker. You have your own Urban Misfit Show podcast, and I'm sure there's a lot of other things that I didn't mention. Um, but I just wanna. Really thank you for taking the time to do this, man. Um, and I know this you're doing a lot of things, but I do want to sort of, as sort of for the first question, rewind it back. You know, tell me a bit more of your background story. You know, how did it all start? You know, and how did you reach this point? No, oh, dude, for sure. Like, first off, thank you for having me, dude. I'm excited. Um, this is long overdue, so I'm excited to be talking to you. Um, just in terms of like how I how, how I got started. Um, I, I guess like I was a musician, um, maybe that like, that's not necessarily the beginning, but I was a music, musician and that's when I really learned how to brand myself. That's when I learned how to put myself out there and really started making money with something that I was good at and something that I was passionate about. Um, fast forward like a few years ago, I got into marketing. I started working for some tech startups and I realized that I loved that space, but declined um, working for them full-time out of college and launched my own thing. Struggled for a very long time. My first startup tanked in the VR space. My second agency just did not make money for a very long time um, until like the tail end where I started taking off on LinkedIn and really just dove deep into like storytelling and got back to my roots. But I realized like regardless if I was being successful, regardless if I uh, started making money, like I was bored. And the reason I got into entrepreneurship in the first place was so that I could do something that I loved, do something I was passionate about and do it with people that I wanted to be around. So launch what I'm doing now. And like, it's, it's been a crazy, crazy ride, but like, I think it all started with that musician and creative side of me. So why did you feel that sort of a, a musician's career is not enough for you? What, what, what made you go into the tech space, VR space, trying to do your own thing like that? At the end of the day, like I just, it wasn't for me. Like, I, I don't think I, I don't think I, I think to, to be successful in something, you have to love the problems associated with that thing. And for me, the rock style, the rock star lifestyle, the singer songwriter lifestyle, like I didn't like that. I wasn't willing to work countless, countless hours yeah. um, to be a rock star because I didn't, I didn't love that lifestyle, but like entrepreneurship, dude, and like being able to hire another person and be like being control, not in control, but like help them live a better life and help them grow. Like, that's what I like. Um, I love the attention, you know, like I, lo I love like <laughs> making people feel things with what I create, but yeah. at the end of the day, like music is not my thing. It was just an outlet for me. Talking about attention. I mean, you are, whether you want it or not, like you're one of the biggest influencers on LinkedIn to this day. Um, I'm just very curious to know two things. Do you remember how you became a LinkedIn influencer and whether that was something you were aspiring to do? Yeah, I remember. 
um, very vividly. So um, I had recorded like over 500 videos on literally every platform imaginable, like Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Ask Whale, which you probably never heard of, like literally every platform over 500 videos. Um, and then like at the end of 2017, mid-2017, um, one of my mentors introduced me to a guy named Josh, Josh Fetcher, who like transformed LinkedIn um, and started like this poetry and storytelling and all these different things. Um, and I got the chance to meet him. And the first thing he told me was like, unfollow him. Um, because like, it's our job as marketers and innovators and storytellers and whatever you consider yourself to treat everything around you like it's black and white television. It's our job to create color TV. So I unfollowed him and I just started creating and pushing things out and being myself and telling stories because that's what I was good at. And 30,000 views, 40,000, 100,000, a million. And I just kept growing from there. Um, I would be lying if I said it was something that I didn't aspire to be because it was something that I aspired to be. And it's always been something that I've aspired to be. I, I think real influence, it's not that I wanted the money or anything like that, but real influence is, is being able to inspire someone to take action. And that's what I've always wanted to do, whether that was through music or through my writing, I want to inspire people to get off their ass and actually go do something. So yes. But that was that was the start of that in terms of LinkedIn. Yeah. So it, it did come from quite a personal, natural space. Like you didn't want to sort of build it, but you build it sort of for the right reasons. Um, there's a lot of sort of personal branding overall because of people like you, Gary Vaynerchuk and so on. It's becoming a thing that I think a lot of people want to do. But because of what they see, they want to start their journey with comparing what you, for example, have built already, you know, comparing the start to your middle, right? If that makes sense. So what would you advise somebody that's looking to start a personal brand and sort of, you know, what to focus on? I could become a millionaire at 23, right? Um, and then die at 50. But someone could become a billionaire at 51 and then live to be 100, right? So it's pointless to compare like other people's journeys. And there's a lot of things that you don't see. Like I, there were times where I was, I would cry on weeks because like, fuck, like my life sucked. There were times where I didn't eat for weeks because my life sucked. So like comparing it, it's just pointless because you're never ever gonna get the full picture. In terms of where to start, I would say just figure out, okay, where do you wanna go maybe in a year? Or like what's your end goal or whatever that is to you. Um, a year, two years, three years, and map out what you want your life to look like, and then just figure out step one. Whatever yeah. that step one is, it will lead to step two. Don't worry about all the middle things because you're going to get bogged down by that. Just what is step one? And then focus from there on controlling good habits that are going to allow you to get to that end goal. For me, it was okay. I'm going to shoot 500, I'm going to shoot a video every single day for 365 days. That was it. I just focused on building that habit. That led to okay, now I'm going to edit and shoot. Okay, now I'm going to edit, shoot, and go meet people. And I just yeah. kept building good habits. And that allowed me to get to where I am now. So I would say, end goal, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? And then what's step one, and then build good habits around that. Um, but in terms of personal branding, like it's it's really just starting and getting yeah. on that step one. And a big part of personal branding, nowadays at least, is still video, right? Um, so you're going to be very visible to, to a big audience, potentially. Do you do you think that your your sort of what the way you talk, you know, what you wear and stuff like that sort of matters when you build your personal brand? Because you became very recognizable now. You know, you use 
the word misfit, you have your hat, you have your dog, you know, everybody knows sort of what kind of things represent Q. Do you think that's important to sort of set out as goals beforehand? I call them brand anchors. Um, so the Vulcan salute, I always do. Um, like the black heart, I typically wear like for the most part, all black, my hat, things like that. And then I have all these characters in my life. So my founders, uh, my co-founders, my dog, um, things like that. They're brand anchors. People like you think of that thing, that hat you think of me. They're things that I've tied my brand into. Um, something that I like to say is a lot of people like to force brand anchors. A lot of people think that, yeah, I need to have blue hair. So I stand out. I need to have yeah. a big hat. So I stand out, but it's okay. And for me, I did the same thing. It's okay. And you should let your ship sail before you figure out that anchor, because you're going to tie yourself into something. It doesn't matter. What really matters is that authenticity, right? Like Gary Vaynerchuk, he doesn't have a brand anchor, but then it's like, okay, hustle, hustle, hustle. You think of hustle, yeah. but it came after. It, it wasn't immediately. He built his brand first. So I would say, don't even worry about that stuff. Just let it happen. You don't need one, but it does help. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I, I was a sociology student, so I love like, okay, I know this is going to tie into this. <laughs> this is going to work here. So uh, that's just how I work, but it's not absolutely necessary. So talking about, I'm going to pick one thing that I think is, is, is quite significant from one of your, uh, let's say, branding items, right? So the word misfit, you're using it in your company, you're using it to describe your beliefs. So I'm really curious what that word personally to you means. So I, I'm just literally, I've always been a misfit. I think like for the first 18 years of my life, I didn't really talk. I mean, I talked, but right, I, I didn't really have any friends. I was always writing in the back, like poetry and songs and things like that. I didn't really find myself till I was like 21, 22. Um, and even now, like LinkedIn, the reason I took off was because I didn't look like everybody else. I was yeah. weird and I was just telling stories. Now, like I go into a meeting, we're about to close a big deal. Shit, where's the CEO? Fuck, it's the guy with a hat on. Like what's going on? Like I've always been a misfit. But the word to me, like, of course, it's got the negative connotation. But for me, like I... Fuck the negative connotation. I'm going to own it. And it's just someone that's willing to go against the grain and do whatever it takes to get to where they want to go, despite all the limitations. So that that's what it means to me. But um, I've just I've always been that misfit and owning it allowed me to get to where I am. Do you feel like you're changing what that words mean now? Because you just told me, you know, that when you were a, you were always a misfit, right? And, and that means being sort of more in the background, not talking to people and stuff like that. Now, when you use Misfit, everybody knows you. Everybody talks about you. And it's a defining sort of word for even your, your company's brand. And your company is nothing like that. It's nothing behind the scenes. It's very out there. So is that something you you're want to do is change the con sort of how people perceive a Misfit? Yeah, I just, I want there to stop. I want expectations and like, yeah, expectations to just be like thrown out the window, dude. Like people, like it doesn't, I want everybody to know that it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you're born. It doesn't matter like any of those things. Like if you want to do something, you can't. Literally things are the way they are only because enough people have agreed that they are that way. That's a quote from a book called Trader, um, which I read like sixth grade, but like only because enough people have agreed that they are that Yeah. Way. So we can do anything that we want regardless of limitations regardless of race or socioeconomic class or anything like that so yes it's something that i want to go after because it doesn't matter dude like we're all human literally no i completely agree with you man um so what drives you 
what is where, where do you draw your inspiration from every single day because especially putting out so much content and having a creative company like that you know inspiration needs to be at the very top i don't think inspiration has ever been an issue for me at least in what i'm doing now um, i was just talking about this there's a lot of things that drive me in terms of where i get like my inspiration though like just the people that are on my team the people that are around me um that's like hardcore number one for me because like our culture is everything and like i just feel so good every day walking to the office feel so good like knowing that the people around me are so much better at what they do than what i would do in that area like it's just fucking inspiring also being able to build something that other people can like live off of it's just amazing to me but the people around me another thing like just literally everything dude like i was a sociology student like i read all the time podcasts all the time like video games like stories are everywhere And I just take that and try to apply it back into what I'm doing now. In terms of what drives me, though, I would say, like, um, legacy and impact. I want a real, real impact. I don't want to be just another rich guy. I don't just want to be another storyteller, another writer. I want real, real impact and being able to, again, inspire those people to take action. That's awesome, man. So going to now your, your current business, Urban Misadventures, how did that happen? When, when, and why did you sort of make that decision, especially after failing and in, in, in previous businesses? Sort of what what made you going to that? So one of my co-founders, I was actually um, college roommates with. That's Izzy, um, and I think when I started in my first agency, I, I remember telling him, like, dude, like one of my goals is to just hire you because I know we'd work so well together. Um, he went the corporate route, I went the entrepreneur route, failed a bunch of times, clearly, um, but. Within that, again, like I didn't want to be bored. I wanted to do it with people that I wanted to build with and I wanted to grow with. Um, So I launched this agency, but within that, I wanted to, actually I did launch a thing called Milwaukee Misfits. Um, And I was just going to travel the world and tell stories. But within that, my team fell apart and I just didn't have time to do that anymore. Company started going really, really well right after that because I took off on LinkedIn. Um, But again, I realized that I was bored. I met this guy, Another one of our our founders, Eric, who's just like crazy on Twitter. And I'm like, dude, like you should get on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I told so many people to get on LinkedIn at this point. Most of them fell off. He recorded a video every day for like 90 days, which is incredible. I hadn't even done that at that point. I'm like, damn, like (laughs) that is impressive. And then like fast forward like a few months, I'm like, it is, dude, he's he's a beast. Um, Fast forward a few months and like, I'm like, dude, like, do you want to do this? He said, hell yeah. Quit his job like a month later, met Brema. He quit his job, brought back in Izzy, my old college roommate, and then we just went out to this. And I don't think any of us expected it to grow and be where it is this quickly. Um, but it was it was an idea that I had, but it morphed into just something completely different yeah. once I brought these other people in. I think it all comes down to everybody being really passionate about the, what you're doing and then really being bought in and, and sort of to the vision that you've got, isn't it? So... From what you from what you've told, sorry, your your recent venture, so with Urban Misfit Ventures, when you got the team together, um, it does seem like on sort of on paper, it seems like everything's going very, very well and everybody's happy and everybody's committed and want to do this. You're going very, very fast, which is amazing. But what has been the biggest challenge for you so far in building that business? Besides getting people to pay on time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, big, biggest challenge, dude, I would say one is talent. Um, 
Milwaukee specifically, but just really everywhere in the world, it's hard to find talent and people that fit your culture. I would say that's been a very, very hard thing for us, but also we'd like to take our time. I don't care if like we need to leave a position vacant for fucking a year if we have to. I want the right people. So that's been a big thing. Also, we don't know what we're doing in areas that we don't know what we're doing. So we've tried to position really, really good people around us. We're building a board of advisors now, um, but just not knowing and making mistakes where we don't have to, you know, charging less than we should, like just not knowing certain things. That's definitely been like something that's um, kept us back from moving even faster. Um, Outside of that, dude, I would say just stress, man. Um, This is my third company. This is everybody else's first. Um, but this is my first that's actually been successful. So I've never been through this and it's fucking stressful at times. I'm really, really good at managing that stress, but what stresses me out is seeing people around me stressed out. So just managing that. And then again, not knowing what we're doing and getting people to pay out time <laughs> is always stressful. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, an issue that everybody has that provides any type of service ever. I, I, I know what that what that's like. I actually made a video recently about it, didn't I? <laughs> uh, maybe I should do that. Then maybe they'll pay time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's your third business. You failed, you failed in two businesses. Uh, is that you said that you, you you chose the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial route, but did you always envision that you want to have a business even when you were growing up? Not even once. I just knew that I didn't want to work for somebody. I knew that like my dream as a kid was to be in New York City, maybe in a dope ass like mansion with a bunch of like, not even mansion, a dope like house with a bunch of other writers and entrepreneurs and creative people. Yeah have the the top floor, the attic, and just right overlooking the city. That was my dream as a kid. Um, and then eventually I found tech, but I never thought I'd have my own company. So it's really, really weird to me that I can't imagine doing anything else. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like, yeah, I've always sold things, I've always done this. And actually I did, like I had businesses and video games, but to me, it was just me having fun, right? Yeah. So no, I never imagined myself being an entrepreneur or having a business because I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to sell. I hated talking to people. I just mm. like writing. So do you believe that entrepreneurs are born or made? Because that's, 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 you know, that's quite 50-50 in what people say about it. Yeah. Um, to me, I think 1,000% I create myself. I think we all create ourselves. I think that's it, dude. Like, I think, of course, like there's circumstances and things happen that are going to nurture you and position you to be more likely to be that entrepreneur. But I don't think we're born. I don't think it works that way. And that's just my personal belief. But I, that to me, that's stupid. That takes away my control and I like control. Yeah. No, I'm completely with you. I think, I think that we can create whenever and whatever we want to be. Um, whether you start early, whether you start late, I think you can become absolutely anybody you want. And I think this is where we're very aligned in that mindset as well. Um, but talking about entrepreneurship, um, that word has become so overused. It's such a popular thing right now. It feels like everybody's glamorizing it and, and it's being perceived that it's quite easy to do. What would you tell somebody that wants to start a business and become an entrepreneur? Oh, yeah. It is over romanticized. And like, to me, like I thought I was an entrepreneur before, but I don't think you're really an entrepreneur until you understand what it's like to worry about your employees and paying them. I don't think you understand. I don't think you're an entrepreneur until like you're 
yeah, like it just freelancer, entrepreneur, business. I think it's, it's all entwined and like we go through similar things, but like this shit, like it's hard, man. Like it, it's stressful. And that's kind of what I would want to tell people, but also like, I don't want to tell them anything, you know, because like you just have to go through it. And I think like for me, when I dove into entrepreneurship, if I knew what I know now, like I wouldn't have done it because I didn't eat for weeks, dude. Like I didn't have any money for like two years and my life was just absolutely atrocious, but I knew I couldn't go back because if I went back, then my life would be shitty. And if I could just get through this shit, then okay, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll grow. Maybe I'll be able to be successful. So I would say just dive into your obliviousness, dive into your obliviousness. Yeah, that's (laughs) the correct word. And just go and figure it out because like that's what an entrepreneur does man we figure it yeah. out we solve problems and we, we learn along the way so i wouldn't say anything just go do it do you think sort of coming sort of having a a difficult background or or sort of a difficult upbringing or being in a in a shit situation like saying you know i'm being on the street for a bit or, or struggling to pay rent or whatever it may be um, do you think that's that's something that's needed to become successful in business later on? Because that's that's a pattern that I notice quite often in business owners. Yeah. No, I don't. But I do think it helps. Um, just the way our brain works, we are more likely to remember and we put more value on painful experiences than we do on happy experiences. You asked me about my childhood, regardless if it was good, which... It was okay, but regardless if it was good, like I would probably bring up, oh yeah, my dad left when I was this age. Oh yeah, I was homeless here, right? It's those experiences that I remember. I'm not going to bring up, yeah, my mom was um, an amazing mother, like she blah, 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 blah. It's not the happy ones. So I yeah. would say, yes, that pain, those painful and shitty circumstances, like they shape us tremendously. So I would say that's why it is more than likely it is a pattern, but I don't think it's necessary. I just sat down with... um. Nick Kirchner, who's literally like he's a 21 year old beast. Like he works with Ty Lopez, and like like all these like huge people. Like drives a Maserati. His license plate says "Drop yeah. On." It's freaking amazing. Like incredible dude. Like I know there's been some painful experiences that have shaped him, but he's 21 and he doesn't need to struggle, right? He just okay. This is what everybody else is doing. Okay, here's what I can do. Let's go fucking do it. So I don't think you need yeah. to. So the, th- the the thing is that I think because we both did have sort of backgrounds where it was difficult at the time what it does give is perspective for one and two you're less afraid to fail because you've been there already and you survived so it's kind of like what's the worst thing can happen if i survived that so i think that's the edge that you get um so i agree with you that it's not necessary but yeah it definitely helps um and now i know that you're very heavily into comic books tech and esports as well like gaming overall right you're both a fan and and somebody that's sort of you know takes that up is that something that you're looking to incorporate into what you're doing going forward or is that just going to be more of a hobby for me personally i'm not really good with hobbies i like to make money with everything um but yeah so my company we're doing some work with like the nba 2k league right now um, or we were um, actually, um, and then we are going to hyper focus on like esports organization just in terms of a storytelling standpoint. Um, ultimately, though, like 
Company-wise, now, no, but one of my major goals is to own in or invest in an esports organization. I'd like to accomplish that within the next two to five years, um, and I will accomplish that within the next two to five years, but that will be a separate entity. I don't think that's going to be under Urban Misadventures, but um, professionally, yes, that's something that I want to get back into. Um, we are moving like a bit into fashion as well, and more so like augmented um, like we'll do like regular fashion, but like also I'm using it as an avenue to test some things with augmented reality. So I love technology and it's yeah. where I want to be. I also understand I need to make money. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Well, with your fashion sense, the hat and everything, you do need to go into fashion. I think that's, <laughs> that's something you can't avoid, man. <laughs> Coming back to esports, though. Well, I mean, I think... Obviously, it's 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 big in Asia. It's very big in in, in the US. Um, what do what do you think? Sort of the future holds of esports. There's more attention going to it. There's more money going into it. People are more aware of it. Um, but what, what where do you see esports going? I used to talk about esports like two three years ago um, with my roommate, and like a lot of people would say, like, <clears throat> why would I sit down and watch someone play a game? for an hour. But if you think about it, we're already doing that. I was a collegiate athlete. Like I love basketball. I love track and field. I love sports. Right. But like we're already sitting down and watching people play a game, shooting a basket, going through a hoop, going through a net. Right. That's a game. And people are making millions of dollars playing a game. That same thing is already being applied to people that are typing on a keyboard, people that are clicking a mouse. And for me in the future, like you compare basketball which again i love it's amazing but you compare that to okay think of the hunger games you put on a vr headset fully immersive you have an omnidirectional treadmill that lets you run everywhere and it just follows you right you're not actually moving but it feels like you're moving you have something that allows you to smell you have a haptic feedback suit that lets you feel shit i just got shot shit like winds coming like you feel all these different things and you're yeah. playing the hunger games you compare that to running a 55 meter dash hunger games is going to win every single time and right now, esports is already there. The cash pools for these tournaments are ridiculous. The amount of money that Ninja makes just fucking streaming is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so it's not even like, okay, like video games are the future. Video games are the now. It's just, okay, when competitively, when will that actually happen? Like just like on that same stage as sports. But um, to me, like professional sports, it, it's going to have to compete with compete yeah. with esports because that to me is the future. Um, I love sports. So you feel it comes down to basically immersiveness and hence VR for it to take it take to the next level. Like imagine like back in the day, like gladiators, right? Like Coliseum. Um, imagine like you're standing in like the, I think you're a Celtics fan. You're standing in the, like their, their arena, right? And um, there's two people or like 10 people on the court and like they don't actually have swords. It's just like digital augmented reality. Yeah. Everybody's watching these people fight. Like shit like that it doesn't have to be vr but i think it comes down to entertainment like what's actually entertaining what do people actually want and what's in demand um, so that to me like it's exciting and it's new and it's invigorating that every single time is going to overpower just traditional sports because again who's interested and kids right now fortnite call of duty yeah. league of legends that's what's interesting absolutely i couldn't agree agree with you more um I think I think esports has a has a great upside, um, and the more people realize that, uh, sort of the the better it will be for that industry. Um, there's obviously there's still 
quite a bit of pushback because of the reason you said, but I do feel like esports is going to be a big thing. So I'm really excited for the future and actually what you're going to be doing in that in that space as well. Um, we went sort of we went backwards a bit, you know, with your story and everything. Um, going forwards, what what sort of I imagine you thought about that quite a bit. What what do you want your legacy to be? Just thinking about this and just talking about this, um, I think there's a lot of things that go in that for me. Um, I would say one though, did I make an impact? And what was that impact? I don't know what that is. And I don't want to lock myself into something. Um, but two, I just want to be remembered as someone that was just relentless in every aspect of his life. It didn't matter what was against him. It didn't matter like what limitations, barriers, obstacles, like he was just relentless and he did it. Did what he said he was going to do. And that, that's it for me. But I don't want to lock myself into something because I think it's limited based off the beliefs and reality that I'm living now. And yeah. future is freaking exciting. So. We'll see, but relentless and just, I made an actual impact. Really awesome. Um, very, very last thing. Um, I'm not going to sort of steal too much of your time. Uh, just where can people find you? I know it's LinkedIn as well, but where else can people find you? How can they get in touch with you, consume your content, uh, join your groups? What's the best place? Yeah, so um, you can search. I'm pretty much everywhere, just act tag just q um otherwise like linkedin's probably going to be the best place just to get like that consistent business side of the content um but i'm active on twitter facebook instagram um, pinterest literally everywhere youtube um and then um i forgot what you just asked me <laughs> <laughs> um, about all of those platforms tag just q if you want to get in contact with me probably shoot me a message on any of those um yeah you asked me something else i forgot yeah um i know you're um releasing a uh, podcast club as well isn't it oh yeah my groups yeah podcast club is live on facebook um biz and influence podcast club if you search that and then house of misfits group i have as well um and just a bunch of people just supporting one another but those are the two groups that i have right now and it's they've been awesome so if you're listening to this or watching this or whatever uh make sure you check that out um, whatever cues touches somehow it turns into something pretty awesome. So I'm sure this podcast club is going to be awesome as well. Um, so I just really wanted to thank you for your time, man. Uh, I really, really wanted to chat with you and it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, you're my very first kind of remote interview, but I just knew I had to get you on and pick your brain. And I'm very happy that we did. Um, you inspire a lot and i mean a lot of people through your content and just documenting your journey being transparent being open it's just being cute basically um and that includes myself you know you've you've you've, you've inspired me you, you gave me the drive when i needed it as well so i really appreciate everything that you do um and i wish you just nothing but the best and and everything you do in the future man it means the world man and right back at you dude like keep crushing it and i'm always here dude if you need anything but like you're a freaking beast dude you inspire me so thank you for having me on welcome man all right you take care now peace peace <laughs>